welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. My message tonight, when God truly gets hold of you, it's one thing for a person to get a hold of the hem of Jesus' garment. It's another thing when God gets a hold of you. And I'll tell you this, my brother and my sister, in this urgent hour that we find ourselves in, God is looking for influences. God is looking for young men and young women that will be vessels in His hand that will change this world and bring hope and healing. God is looking for those who will be instrumental in, adva- in the advancement of His kingdom. Those who will take the empty spaces. We've spoken about this. It's one thing for somebody to have faith in God. It's another thing for God to have faith in somebody. And I'll tell you right now at the start of this message, God is looking for those He can count on. Not those who just talk the talk, but those who will walk the talk. Those who say, here I am, and they actually mean it. God is looking for those who are going beyond playing church. Those who are not pew warmers, but those who are radical. Come on, is there somebody radical in this place there in Cape Town? Give the Lord a praise. Come on, show that other young person that's still doing the Kwaito music. You can praise God better than that. Come on. He doesn't need the nightclub. He can praise God. It's a much better vibe in church. You know, church doesn't have to be boring, boring religion made it bad or boring. I want to tell somebody here tonight, on television as well, you may not be looking for God, but my dear friend, God is looking for you. You may not want to change your life, but God is out to change your life. And tonight, God is going to change hundreds of your lives for His glory. You've been going this way like I did. God's going to get a hold of you and you're going to go in a different direction from tonight. God's going to break the hold and the power of sin and bondage and addictions off of your life tonight. And you are going to serve God radically and your friends are going to say, what's up with her? What's up with him? What in the world happened to that person? I'll tell you what happened to you. Jesus happened to you. I say Jesus happened to you. You cannot be the same no more. You cannot be lukewarm and mediocre when God gets a hold of you. No matter how radical you are in sin, no matter how radical you are in your cause. I love young people because young people are the activists of the hour. I'm not against activism, but activism has to lead to justice, not just to disruption. So when we want to be activists, we have to be filled by a righteous cause. Not just shout because we're young, because all young people shout in any case. You need to shout for something that's worthwhile shouting about. You need to stand for something that is more important than just the here and now. Although there are pressing issues today that has to be addressed, confronted and changed. So we don't have to burn anything to get God to move. There are ways, and I love this, I watched a student leader, I think of Wits University, and he said, uh, there's a shortfall of finances, we've gone 
into the city center and we are cleaning the city and we are doing things and we are going to raise the shortfall. How many of you think that's a problem solver? Okay, everybody can just sit and shout and threaten, but at least there's some young people standing up and saying, we're going to make up the difference and appeal to the business community to come to the party and to make a difference. Come on, our young people need education. I mean, what kind of lawyers are we going to have and doctors, God forbid they ever operate on me if they never go to university because it's always closed down for another issue. Think further than your nose, please. Amen. So it's one thing to get a hold of Jesus, but when He gets a hold of you, everybody will see it. And you are not going to be Mr. or Miss Comfortable. You are going to be somebody as the light and as the salt that brings change. Because I told you last week, either you are going to be influenced or you will be the influencer in your world, among your friends. And listen, it's a sad thing when Christians roll over for everything. It's time for the church to stand up. Time for the salt to be salt. Time for the light to be light. Time for the church to be unapologetic. Come on, time to use our platforms to say that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the light. Because people out there in the world are radical about their message. Time for you to be radical about your belief. Unapologetic. Because I'll tell you, my brother, my sister, you may not like it. I said in Johannesburg, maybe very graphic. But that when this happened to AKA, he left this world. There's not a second chance. Like this, in a millisecond, unexpected, hugging somebody. Next minute, somebody shot him in the head and he's gone for eternity. It's not a game. I drove to gym yesterday morning and there was a head-on collision just before I passed by and the person that sat in, in the one car morphed to it. On a Saturday morning, 8.30, I'm sure when he woke up or maybe he just came back from a party all night, I don't know, he never thought this is my last day. There are people sitting in our churches tonight that will not see the end of this year. Do you understand that? There are people in your world that may not see the end of this uh, month. People in your business, people at university, people are dropping dead left, right and center. People are being murdered in South Africa. We're now number five in the world. We're facing real challenges in South Africa. So we cannot play Kumbaya Christianity. We have to understand the hour and we have to become the generation that will push back the forces of darkness. Come on, say amen. And, and get out of this uh, 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 church mode, church mindset, where you just want to go with the flow. On, on a Friday, on a Saturday, you want to just party, party, party. And on a Sunday, you want to do church hopping. Get planted in a church. Get on fire for Jesus Christ. Become part of the Great Commission and change your world for Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. So let's talk about one of the people that wasn't looking for God. But God was looking for him. As a matter of fact, he was persecuting God. He was one of those on social media attacking Christians. One of those ridiculing Christians. One of those that was opposed to Jesus made a mockery of Jesus like many people are doing right now in our world. I'll tell you, God's going to arrest many of them. God's going to touch many of them. Many of these mockers and scoffers are going to get saved and they're going to turn around and proclaim the glory of God. Amen. I mean, a, a, a person that played a sport in America recently, it's actually shocking and very sad for me 
when he died physically, people prayed, raised him up. And this last week, he wore a T-shirt that actually mocks Christ. And it's Christ that saved him and Christ that raised him up. Now, buddy, listen to me. Next time you drop dead, you're not waking up. Let me tell you very frankly. You mock the creator of the heavens and the earth. You will not get a second chance. Let me tell you, he's not the man upstairs. He's not a pushover. He's not somebody that you can mock. He's not somebody that you can ridicule. He's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. And it's time for young people to get respect back for God and for his son, Jesus Christ, and to serve God with radical purpose and radical fire. Amen. Well, Jesus is cool. He's much more than cool. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he's a consuming fire. You know, young people need, need a radical cause. When I got saved, I got saved radically. I didn't go, get saved with my one foot in church, one foot in the world. I got saved radically. I had to go to my girlfriend and say, the things we used to do, we ain't doing no more. The basis we used to visit, we're not visiting anymore. The things I used to smoke, Lord, I don't smoke no more. The things I used to snort, Lord. I don't... S- <laughs> the music I used to listen to. The places I used to go to. I still went to certain places, but I went with my Bible. I went to witness. I didn't go to compromise. I didn't go to sin. I didn't go to drink. I didn't go to look for somebody. Because I, you know, I was almost 18 when I got saved and I was spent up. Sin already had messed me up for five years. I had sinned so much. I sinned enough for a lifetime as a teenager. Because I wasn't half a sinner. I was what the Bible calls a sinner. I wasn't a weekend sinner. I was a seven day Sinner, 24 hour a day sinner. I didn't put my foot in church, I sinned. I served the devil, I served sin with everything in me. But then I found Jesus Christ who saved me when I was furthest away from God. And I'll tell you this, my brother, He saved me out of sin. He broke the power of the devil. He changed my language, He changed my desire. And He set me on the path of life. That's what Jesus is gonna do for you tonight. If you believe God's gonna save somebody tonight, give Him a hallelujah praise in this place. Two reasons people don't go to church, they know a Christian and they don't know a Christian. It's not be the Christians that put people off of Christianity. So here we go. Acts 9 verse 1, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that he found any who were of the way, those who served Jesus, the way, the truth, the life, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem as he journeyed and came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell off his horse. I don't know if he was on a horse. I just like to know that he fell far. He fell off his high horse, figuratively, or maybe literally. And uh, I lost my place. A light shone around him from heaven. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I 
am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And it's hard for you to kick against the goats, meaning that God had been after him for quite a while and Saul was keeping God out of his life. A lot of you have been running away from God for too long now. A lot of you, God raised you in the ways, uh, your parents raised you in the ways of God. You've gone to university now. Yes, no, no, in Stellenbosch. You have no eight track. Eight great college. Your mama, your papa is not there. No, don't care. Die beloof te lang. Nou gaan ek lekker jol. Jammer vir jou. God spoil jou jol vanaan. Want hy bring jou in sy teenwoordigheid en hy red jou voordat jy jouself in verderf en verdriet en kry met jou gespeelerij, met jou gedrinkerij, met jou gejollerij. Want hy dinge gaan jou siel vernietig. Jesus Christ brought you here tonight, my young friend in Stellenbosch to get your attention to say that you don't need what this world has to offer you need an encounter with a living God and you have to turn back to God and you have to give Jesus Christ his rightful place so that you can experience the life and the peace that Jesus has for you so 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 um, he has this encounter with God and I love the scripture because people you know I don't like this when Hollywood stands up and they say well we want to thank the man upstairs who's the man upstairs and they, 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 they treat God like he's not God they talk about God like he's not God listen to me buddy when you encounter the living God the same thing happen will happen to you what happened to Paul you will fear and you will tremble. You will not be the big shot with your big opinion. When you meet the living Christ, when you meet God, you're going to hit the dick. This is what happened to these people. They're persecuting the church. Suddenly Jesus shows up and they all fall down. Hit the dick. Fearing and trembling. One of the things the Holy Spirit said to me that this move that is busy happening in the beginning stages of this is going to bring a tremendous sense of awe. I don't want to use the word fear because fear brings bondage and he that fears has not been perfected in love. I'm going to talk about being awe struck with God's presence, being in awe of God, understanding that God is holy, righteous, just, all-powerful, which is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, overwhelmed by God's glory. Not this casual approach with God, but encountering God, which I did. You know, after I got saved, I wasn't one of those Christians that, that went, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. I was in shock for two weeks. Let me be very honest with you. I wasn't in a state of celebration. I was in a state of shock. You know why? Because 16, I tried to commit suicide. Thank God I never succeeded. I passed out before I could jump off the building. I had somebody push a gun against my belly, pull the trigger, the gun never went off. Did many, many wild things in my life. And when I got saved, I was in shock for weeks, thinking how I just made it. I just made it. I just made it. And all those things were going through my mind all the time. If I died when I was 16, if I died when I was 17, if I died in that situation on a motorbike, if I died there, died there, died there, in things that we did, where would I be? I was in shock, my brother and my sister. And something happened to me. I realized I've got to tell people about Jesus Christ. I've got to tell people. People are asleep. People think they're okay. People think that life is a party. 
but somebody has to wake them up, get their attention and say to them, you've got one life to live and you better make that life count. And you don't know what the number of the days of your life are because young people die, old people die, children die, babies die. These things happen in our world. I don't mean to put fear upon you, but you need to get the reality check that this is not a game. This is as real as it gets. This life that you have, your perception of God, your encounter with God, your reality of Jesus Christ means everything because it's going to determine eternity, which is not 70 years or 80 years or 100 years because young people think I'm going to live forever. Hey, we're already in the middle of February. Then it's going to be Easter. Then it's June. Then it's Dream Week. Then the year is over. And another year, when you see again, you're 30. When you see again, you're 40. When you see again, you're 50. When you see again, you're a grandfather. And you think, where's time gone? So if you think you have time, you don't. That Michael George sang a song about time. Because you could see before he had an overdose at 52, one of the greatest singers ever, that um, he was wrestling, wrestling. He, he was looking for God. He was in rehabs, in and out all the time. This talented musician that never had rest. Money, fame, but never had rest. My friend, you're never going to have rest until you really have Jesus Christ. And he, and, he's, and he prays for time. I need more time. Now is all you have. This moment, this life is all you have. And you have no assurance of tomorrow. No assurance of next year. No assurance of 10 years. We all want to live forever, but we don't. We all want to grow old, but we're not all going to grow old. I'm, I just mean to, to be very realistic here tonight. But what you do with the life that you have means everything. And yeah, Paul, who is persecuting the church, he's not looking for God, but God arranges a divine encounter. We call it a Damascus experience. And I say to people all the time, everybody needs a Damascus experience. It doesn't have to be radical like Paul that drops to the ground, but it can and has to be maybe like a Nicodemus, like my children who grew up in a Christian home. They had to have their Damascus encounter with Jesus Christ, where Jesus became their Lord and their Saviour, where they made up their mind, I'm going to serve Jesus, not because of my mom, not because of my dad, not because of the church. I have found Jesus. This is what I want. I have found the Messiah. I have found the pearl of great price. Come on, is somebody listening to me? I have found what I'm looking for. Come on, because you ain't going to find it out there in the world, my dear brother and my sister. You're going to find it in the person of Jesus Christ when you surrender your life to Him. So Paul, a very intelligent man. As a matter of fact, later on, if we get there, I don't think we'll get there. You can go read it yourself. In Philippians chapter 3, he says, listen, I, I, I'm more intellectual than anybody. He's boasting now. Then later on, he says, what I'm going to boast about, I shouldn't be boasting about, but I'm more, more knowledgeable. I've trained under the best. I'm more uh, a pedigree Jew than anybody else. I'm of the stock of Benjamin. I'm a thoroughbred Jew. I'm circumcised on the eighth day. I'm more intelligent uh, concerning the law, more zealous than anybody else, concerning uh, persecuting the church. I was the front runner. I was the best of the best of the best. I was a pedigree Jew serving Judaism. And then Jesus comes. The one I was persecuting reveals himself to me, knocks me off my horse. Okay, physical or figuratively, it doesn't matter. He encounters, listen, this is important. He encounters 
Not a little gentle Jesus, meek and mild, that we prayed as little children. Because we have this picture of God that He's this little gentle Jesus and He begs you to follow Him. Listen, my dear friend. God's not going to embarrass Him by begging you to follow Him. God's going to reveal Himself to you and you're going to have to make the choice whether He's worthy, whether you're going to follow Him, whether you're going to serve Him, whether you're going to glorify Him. You have to make the decision because He is the Saviour. He is the soon and coming King. He is the risen Christ. He is the King of Kings and He's the Lord of Lords. He's the one who shed His blood for you. And now salvation is a free gift. You have to decide yes, or no. So uh, Paul has a God encounter and he could have just not responded like many people do. They come to church, God touches them and they just refuse to yield to God. You know in your life you may have two or three opportunities where God actually touches you to get saved. And your heart like wax either melts or like clay it becomes hardened at the touch of light, which is God's love, persuading you to give your life to Jesus. It grieves me when I see young people touched by God and the world tries to come back and how they, 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 they willingly push God aside and willingly allow the world to come in little by little by little until eventually they're on that fence and you never can sit on the, on the scale because the scale will never tip in your favour, ever. The weight of sin will never cause you to tip over for God. It's going to cause you to tip away from God. So you have to make up your mind that you're not going to sit on that seat. You're going to sit on this seat. You're going to sit on the Jesus seat. You're going to sit on the seat where Jesus prepared for you to sit. Are you listening to me, young person? Every human being must have their own encounter. God doesn't have grandchildren. He doesn't have orphans. Every human being, every young person sitting in Cape Town, sitting in Durban, Saying in Johannesburg, whether you're a teenager, it doesn't matter. You know exactly what I'm saying because you're a spirit being which is ageless. Every human being, when confronted with truth, they know it. Then they have a choice to make. You yield, you submit, you receive Christ as your Savior, or you walk away. And sin keeps hold over your life. So Paul, the first thing that he does is, the greatest question a human being can ask is, who is Jesus? People say a lot of things. But we believe the Bible that teaches us who Jesus is. Sent into this world as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Sent as the Saviour of the world. Sent to bring a message of hope and yes, social justice to this world, to bring a new order, a kingdom order. He comes and He revolutionizes the world as the number one influencer who ever walked this planet. One man without social media, without television, born in a little town called Nazareth. I've been there. Nazareth, which, Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, is smaller than this building. The whole, whole little village that Jesus grew up in is smaller than this building, the entire building. That's the place Jesus grew up in. And yet, He had a vision that I'm going to be a world changer. That's why I'm telling people, he, he, 
is in Nazareth. That's why people said, can any good thing come out of Tipsluat? Can any good thing come out of Bloemfontein? Can any good thing come out of Mitchell's Plain? You better believe it. With God in the equation, you can come out of a squatter camp and you can be the next scientist that will revolutionize science. You can be the next doctor, the next inventor, the next top musician. If you do not lose your bearings in God, it doesn't matter where you are born. It doesn't matter where you grow up. It matters your encounter with God and your walk with God because God will take you places you cannot take your place. Say amen. Come on in Jesus' name. So, He changes the whole world, Jesus. He impacts 12 people, more than 12. We understand that. In three and a half years, as an influencer, without social media, without television, and yet we are today the church of Jesus. And we have television, technology, cell phones. We have, every, we have cars, we have aeroplanes, we have everything. And sad to say, and don't sit there and say we pass to you negative because the kingdom of God is an ever-increasing kingdom. Right now in America, the first time ever in the history of America, first time after COVID, and because of the gospel that's preached, which is not always accurate, which is materialistic and self-centered, and, and, and designed just to the individual to make you feel better about yourself, a gospel that does not feel your kingdom responsibility, Christianity has declined. For the first time in the history of America, Christianity is under 50%. First time, under 50%. The United States of America, in God we trust. You know why? Because all the influencers are not influencing on Christ's behalf. Hollywood is trying to derail Christianity, destroy morals and values, and the church is silent. The church rolls over. The church wants to be unoffensive and non-confrontational, which is not who we are called to be. We are called to be the salt. We are called to be the light. We are called to take over. We are called to occupy. We are called to increase God's kingdom. We are called to push back the forces of darkness. We are called to hold the territory God gave us in Jesus' name. We cannot be these Christians that take no responsibility for the welfare of God's kingdom. And this young generation must get it because the keys of the kingdom are in your hands. The future of God's kingdom are in your hands. You, not the person next to you, your hands. And yeah, at the birth of the church, God calls a man, one man who's a tremendous influencer, writes two-thirds of the New Testament, if you exclude the Gospels, of the content of the New Testament. This is Paul writing. And after his one encounter, he gets into business. The first question, he says, who are you, Jesus? The second thing is, what is it that you want me to do for you? Because when you have a true encounter with God, it's impossible to live for yourself any longer. You cannot, because God changes you. When, when Jesus comes to live in you, you live an outward life. You don't live an inward life. You live a life for the benefit of other people. So where we get this idea that Christianity is consumerism and Christianity is all about me, is nowhere in the Bible. 
Yes, God wants to heal you so you can heal other people. God wants to bless you so you can bless other people. God wants to deliver you so you can go deliver 10 cities, man of the Gadarenes. God wants to save you, woman of the well of Samaria, so you can go back and save your village. God wants to do great things in your life so you can do great things in the lives of other people. But if we live Christianity without purpose, we are living in a swamp where we will not see the power and the glory of God. So Paul has this encounter. He's not looking for God. God's looking for him. And the second thing after he trembles, he says, what is it that you want me to do, Lord? Have you ever prayed that prayer? You've come to university, and I also was at university. Kijk eens op, ek toch is die beloofde land, want jy doen die interreis, nee. Dan dans, jy moet die meisie koos is, dan die meisie koos is, en op maat, kijk eens so, jy moet dan sterk staan, nee. You pray in tongues all the time. Amen. Am I talking to young people? Yeah, you're not a bunch of spirits sitting here. You are spirits, but you're still living in your body and you see things through your eyes, etc. So, so you have to be very focused as a student, very focused, or you're going to get caught up in, in, in the, the university vibe, the culture of the, the university. Hey. God loves you. Thank you for being with us on television. Um, God's got amazing plans with your life. And I want to tell you, you may have been running away from God. Tonight, God is saying to you that He loves you unconditionally. And there is nothing that can separate you from God's love. Why don't you give Jesus a chance in your life again? You've been hurt. You've been offended. I don't know what your story is. But I'll tell you something. The reason you are watching is because you're looking for God. And God's looking for you. Why don't you just give yourself back to Jesus and trust God with your future, with your tomorrow, and experience the grace and the love God has for you. Grace and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Give them a hand. Amen. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to CRC, I mean, go to the city. Listen now, and you will be told what you must do. <laughs> we don't like to be told nothing, do we? Nobody tells me. I'll decide. Well, I never raised my kids like that. I said, you'll go to church. I tell you what you will do. You will date who I tell you. You will marry who I approve. Come, my sons-in-laws, you should be happy. You are highly favored out of many others that I disapproved of. <laughs> and I'm blessed with both of you. Jy is nou te bezig gewees, jy moet nou ophou. Drie is genoeg, jy moet meer bezig raak. Kry Angelique terug in die kooikam. Ach nee, in die kooikam, ek skies skies toch, sorry, dis my dochter. Nee, die teelkamp. Hij zei zijn dochter een kooi genoemd. Wel, wat noem ik mijzelf dan een bul? Ik zei niet die bul, ik doe wat ik wil. Ik zei niet die bul, ik doe wat ik wil. Ik zei niet die bul, ik doe wat ik wil. De boer kijkt weer niet die bul. Want in die bul spring je draad zo. So. En dan gaan we keihard bij die andere kooien. 
Toe kyk die boer om een nacht so, hy sê, hy nie, ek gaan vir jou les leer, hou op die draad spring. En hy spring weer die draad, die boer grijp om aan sy nees, wat om daar in die druk gang, kry so groot tang, knip om tjoef tjaf, volgende dag loop hy rond, ek is hy nie die os, ek het my nonsens gelos. Ja, van julle moet besnui word, ek bedoel besnui in die hart, jou hart moet besnui word. Jy moet Jesus sy rechtmatige plek in jou hart gee. Jy moet van hy troon afklim. Die wil ekie, die wil. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Why am I here in Cape Town? I know I'm not in Cape Town. Why am I here in Bloemfontein as a student? Potch, spots of stroom. Why am I working in this company? What is your plan, Lord Jesus? Who are you? Cause, cause, cause. When you understand the will of God and you begin to serve the purpose of God, it takes you in a whole other dimension in your walk with God, because it connects you with the heart of God for people. They cannot be Christianity without compassion. They cannot be Christianity without caring for our neighbors and for our fellow human beings. It does not exist. You cannot be a student and not care about the other people in the class. They, they, they're not just the emotional well-being, but their spiritual well-being. Not you judge them, but you are there to be God's what? Missionary, God's ambassador. You are there to be the salt, the light. And if you're the only Christian in that class, you can influence that entire class. You just have to make up your mind to follow the purpose of God for your life. And I'll tell you, the more you stand for God, the more God's grace is going to work in your life, the stronger you are going to become, the bolder you are going to become, and the more you are going to see the power of God release to bring people from darkness to light in Jesus' name, okay? So he has a man in one conversation, one conversation with God, he finds Jesus and he finds the reason for his being. He finds his, I call it, divine I must. I'm a doctor, but what is my divine I must as a doctor? What is my mission, my assignment? What is it that God wants from me? And if you live your life that way, you live your life harnessed to the grace of God. Because Paul says, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not me, but the grace of God. Paul the Apostle who understands love. Paul the Apostle who teaches on righteousness. Paul the Apostle who teaches on sonship, on adoption. I think he had an understanding of God's love. But at the same time, he understands there's a side of God that is a very serious side. That once God gets a hold of you, God requires you to live a life of obedience and responsibility. Now you become part of God's kingdom plan on planet earth. You become an extension. You become an ambassador of God. You are not just here to party, party. You are here to influence the party. You are here to spoil the party. You are here to change people in the party. You are here to bring people back to Jesus Christ. Come on, the only thing you can take to heaven is another human being. That's why we are here, to be the salt, to be the light, to be the influences in our generation. So Paul discovers, and I did as well, I got saved. And immediately I went to my girlfriend and I told her, I found Jesus. I told all my friends and they looked at me and they said to me, ah, you're just on another craze again because we tried this, then we did this, then we got bored with this, then we did this. Like people do with sin, right? We push the margins, push the barriers. 
So, so first this, it's not enough. So you have to do a little bit more. Then you have to be more radical, etc. Well, how about doing the same for Jesus Christ? Living this mediocre Christian life is never, never going to satisfy your appetite for spiritual things. Why do you think people do cocaine and people do drugs? Because they want a spiritual encounter. They want an encounter with something that's powerful. Now, my brother, there ain't nobody more powerful than Jesus Christ. As strong as you are, God is stronger than you. When you meet Jesus, you are going to meet your match. And I'll tell you, every strong man knows when he meets his match. And no matter how powerful you are, there's somebody else more powerful than you. No matter how intellectual, there's somebody else that will out-debate you any day of the week. There's always somebody better than you. I'll tell you, when you meet the living Christ, when you meet Jesus Christ, He changes everything in your life because you see Him for who He is in the fullness of His glory. And my brother, when you meet Him, you are going to heat the deck and you are going to tremble and you are going to cry out, have mercy on me, God. Have mercy upon me upon me God what is it that you want me to do that is the essence of our lives anything other than that is meaningless absolutely meaningless young person meaningless I had how many people saved when I was saved and they wasted away through sinful living like the prodigal son people that were more called more anointed where are they today absolutely nowhere because they never took this serious never took their salvation as the most prized possession that they had. And when the girl came along and the girl wasn't interested in serving God, they would have said, should have said to her, bye, bye. Gaan jy. Ordentlik, natuurlijk. Because that is not worth your salvation. That moment, that person is not worth your salvation. Come leaders, a little bit restless up there. Thank you. So, so the Lord says to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I get it when girls walk around certain time, but young men, they gaan for your grape. As jy blaasprobleem het, bid ek vir jou. Luister vir my mooi. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drink. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am. Now if God calls your name, do you say, here I am? Do you even hear God call you? Do you even discern the assignment that God has for you for the week, who it is that you have to reach? So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Drop down to verse 15, he says, But the Lord said to him, Go. After he says, But God, this is a dangerous man. It's against the church. God says, I saved him. He says, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Who are you as well? A chosen vessel. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 12, 10. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people that you should show for the praises of God. It says, to bear my name before Gentiles, kings and children of Israel. Well, that call is the same for each and every one of us. When we encounter God, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour, exactly the same thing happens to us. God puts a divine assignment upon our lives. We are called 
to be ambassadors for God's kingdom, to be a light in the world where God places us. So many of you have been positioned by God as an Esther to influence the director of the company, to influence the political leader of that company, to influence the influencer in that sphere in entertainment. God has placed you there. God has called you. God has brought you to this place. Listen, young person, God is going to raise you up in the next four years in the university, in the campus. God's going to take you beyond the university and God's going to take you to a place of influence. God's going to take you to a place of making and bringing tremendous change to our world at a very, very young age. You do not need anything else than a divine radical encounter with Jesus Christ where you surrender your life to Christ, where you give yourself to Jesus wholeheartedly, where you allow Jesus Christ to take His rightful place in your life. If you believe it, say Amen tonight. Come on, let's settle down. Hallelujah. 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 There are people here tonight you've not been looking for God, but God's been looking for you. People that have been running away from God. No movement anymore, thank you. No more. People running away from God. People that have been raised in the ways of God, but for some reason, you have wandered away from Him. Tonight, God wants to bring you back in Cape Town. I'm keeping this short because I'm going for souls. That's why I can't have distractions here. You're sitting in this place, you're sitting in that place wherever you are tonight. And you know tonight if you died, you would not go to heaven. You know tonight that you serve God, but you've grown cold. And maybe like the prodigal son, you've walked away from your father's house. Hear me very, very carefully tonight. Listen, male, female, it doesn't matter. There's no difference in the eyes of God. But what you need, every human being, for you to be resynchronized is you need to discover who God is. You, yourself. Who God created. Who is Jesus to you? Not to your friend. I'm in church tonight because he's excited about Jesus. You know, sometimes married couples, the one person is excited about God, the other one is not excited about God. You need to serve God because Jesus is your Lord and your Savior and you've discovered Him. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving, please. You're sitting in this place in Pretoria, down there in Cape Town, in Durban, in Potsdam, in Johannesburg, all the new people here tonight. God's talking to you tonight. You've been running away from God. Maybe you've been anti-church, I don't know. But somehow you landed in one of our services. And something is happening in your heart tonight. You know, God is talking to you. God is reaching out to you. God is calling you. God is knocking at your heart tonight, telling you to surrender your life to Jesus. You know, when I got saved, I never planned to get saved. I never planned to become churchified. Before I got saved, I didn't, hadn't put my foot in a church for five years, ever. I went twice and both times sad to say I was drunk. I had to go for weddings. So um, I came late. That's the only two times I went to church before I got saved. I didn't go to church. I wasn't a church goer. I didn't like church. I didn't like religion. Then I walked into a little cinema. There was about 90 people, 80 or 70 people there. And God arrested me. 
I never thought I was going to be a pastor. My word. The last thing I wanted to do in my life is be a duomany. Never in my life that I imagined. That is what God had in mind for me. But I admired Damascus' experience. I encountered Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. He saved me and changed me. The same can happen for you tonight. Every person in this place. People have been praying for you. Forget everybody around you. Listen in your heart and you say tonight, Pastor, I've heard you. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to serve God. I want to get right with God. Or I want to come back to God. I want to pray for you there in Durban. I know we're wrestling and and, and grappling with so many issues out there. Paul was as well. But then he met Jesus. And sometimes all these other things are just distractions. Tonight, it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. Tonight you have this one moment, this one opportunity to give your life back to Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you. Bloemfontein, the many thousands in that place tonight. There's a fire burning in your heart. Your heart is beating at a million miles. You weet God praat met jou vanavond dat jou in die plek gebring om jou te red, om jou terug te bring na hom toe. And tonight all you have to do is say yes to Him. It's all Paul did. He said, who are you, Lord? What is it that you want me to do? And his whole life changed. Your life will change tonight as you give your life to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. People praying in all our churches tonight. You say, that's me tonight. I want to get right with God. I want to come back to Jesus. I need a new beginning, a fresh start with God. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that is you, quietly, wherever you are, just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you quickly all over this place. Raise it up high, all over. Raise it up. Thank you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up. Many hands. Bless you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. They're in Cape Town. Raise it up. Raise it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Raise it up. Raise it up high. Come on. Young person unashamedly. Thank you. Thank you. Don't let your friend that's restless stop you. That's a devil working in him. Lift your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you up there. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Come on there in Port of Stream. Lift up your hand tonight. God is after you. When God gets a hold of you, the rest will be history. People are going to see it. People are going to know it. Tonight you are going to be changed. And then we're going to baptize you. We're going to get you filled with the Holy Ghost, just like the Apostle Paul. And you are going to be a great ambassador for God. You are going to change your world. Tonight is your night to say yes to Jesus Christ. Last time before I pray, you've not yet raised your hand. Slip your hand up quickly tonight. Come on, Fanon, donkey. Fanon, did you know what you're talking about? I'm going to God what you praat. Tell you what you in Jesus' name. Donkey, donkey. Donkey, donkey, put your hand on your heart tonight. Pray with me, everybody, all over our churches. Pray with me, everybody, pray. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds praying over South Africa. In your seat as well tonight, say, Lord Jesus, tonight, I give you full access into my heart. I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me all my sins to break the hold of sin over my life through your grace. I believe with all my heart, you are the Christ. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. Tonight, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen and amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.